just what everybody wants for Christmas, Father Kevin's flip charts, now in the foam core edition. <laughs> All right. The uh, world's largest whiteboard is on back order. <laughs> if you are following God, before long, you will find yourself in this situation. God is asking you to do something. He's, he's giving you an assignment. All right. Sometimes, as you who've been following God for a longer period of time would attest, sometimes the assignment that God gives you is hard. And something that you're not sure you can do. And so you feel... You feel anxious about that. You feel some fear about whether you're up for that. Can you think of a situation like this in your life? Uh, maybe God asked you to move, like he asked Abraham, and you felt unsure, like, what am I going to face in this new place? Um... He once asked uh, Karen to leave her secure job when she did not have another job lined up. And this is a very un-Karen thing to do. <laughs> uh, maybe God is asking you to do something right now, and you've been in conversation with him about that. I don't know what that may be. Maybe God is asking you to speak up like he asked, well, Esther to speak up, Jeremiah to speak up. And you know, though, once I speak, all bets are off. I cannot control what may happen then. Whatever it is, when God gives us an assignment, often in his mercy, he will give us a sign. A clear evidence that he is really behind this assignment. Kind of a reassurance, an evidence of his power, maybe. Maybe an unusual confirmation we would say and that's what I want to talk about tonight because when you and I receive an assignment and especially one with a sign it is a make or break moment for us right there whatever we determine uh, determines our future a lot is riding on it so when it's hard to say yes will we when it's hard to step forward will we well, tonight, to help us with this exact situation, this moment, I want us to look at one of the most famous signs in the entire Bible, a pregnant virgin. Now, this is an oxymoron. <laughs> Two words that should not go together. It's like jumbo shrimp, freezer burn, okay? But what I want to see us to see is that when God gave that amazing sign, what did people do? Because several people were presented with a make-or-break moment, and we're going to look at three of them who are directly connected to this unusual sign. Uh, I'll walk us through the first one, the first person, and then I'm going to ask all of you to fill in the other two. All right? Well, the first person is a leader who's under attack, and his name is Ahaz. This beautiful prophecy of a virgin will bear a son and call him Emmanuel 
I thought it was going to be a very sweet Bible study this week, and I find out it's given in a midst of a really conflicted, difficult time with the Assyrians and ungodly leadership, and uh, it challenged me. Anyway, Ahaz is in his 20s, and he's just been made king of Judah. This is all like 735-ish years before Jesus. And right as he comes into leadership, he faces a challenge right away. Two larger countries are coming toward Jerusalem to attack. And when your country's being attacked, it's scary. Those of you who were living at the time of 9-11 will know that. You know exactly where you were. You know what that felt like. And so Ahaz is scared, as the Bible puts it, and these are in, this is in Isaiah 7, leading up to verse 10. The hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken like the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. So the Lord sends Isaiah, a prophet with a proven track record, to give Isaiah this word, Isaiah 7, verse 4. Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. It made me think of those British signs. What is it? Keep calm and carry on, or something like that. Anyway, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Don't lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. That's what God calls these two kings who are attacking him. They're like, there's no fire left in these guys, okay? And this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen, meaning they will not conquer this city. They are not going to kill you. They're not going to install their puppet governor in your place. So God gives Ahaz this assignment. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Well, that sounds like an amazing assignment. Like, who wouldn't want that assignment? But what's going on here, which we learn from both the Bible and Assyrian records, is that Ahaz already has his own plan for how he's going to deal with these attackers. He's got it all figured out. What he's going to do is take huge amounts of money, go to Assyria, kowtow before the Assyrian emperor, like, I mean, in ancient Near East, I mean, he's literally with his forehead to the floor. There's, uh, in the British Museum, there's a, a, a Syrian monument called the Black Obelisk, and you can see one of his predecessors doing that exact thing in Assyria. And then uh, he is going to give the Assyrian tyrants all the money that he's brought, become their subject, and then ask Assyria to come rescue him. Okay, so that's his plan. And now Isaiah's bringing this word from the Lord saying, Ahaz, trust me. I got this. You don't have to give up your freedom. You don't have to go off to Assyria and kiss the ground. I got a better plan. I'm going to protect you, but you're going to have to trust me, not the Assyrian army. So this, what this don't fear means is trust God, not your plan, not the Assyrians. All right, and God is so good, he knows that this is a big ask. This is a big assignment. And so God has Isaiah tell Ahaz this. Ask, this is verse 10. This is in your order if you want to follow. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. What God is saying here is, you can ask me for any proof, 
any evidence that this is actually what I'm asking you to do. And I'm, I'll do it. So, I mean, this is, this is crazy. I don't, I don't know if this happens anywhere else in the scriptures. I couldn't think of one. Ahaz could say, uh, make the sun stop. And if it stops in the sky for an hour, then I'll know, and then you can start the world spinning again. But Ahaz says, verse 12, I won't ask. I won't put the Lord to the test. Which sounds very pious. He's quoting Deuteronomy, which says, thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. Okay, but notice, God just told Ahaz, ask me for a sign. And now he's quoting the Bible to tell God no. <laughs> he's using the Bible to disobey. Why? He doesn't want a sign because he's already got his plan. And if God gives him a sign, he's not going to do it anyway. And so he puts up this smokescreen of piety and humility. Ahaz has his own plan. Have you ever had a time where God had a plan, but you had your own plan? <laughs> I remember uh, when I graduated from college, it was in May, of course, and uh, Karen and I already had all the wedding plans for a wedding in September. So I really needed a job. <laughs> my dad was old school. I was on my own, man. I needed a job. So I had interviewed at a publishing house, David C. Cook and Elgin, for an editorial position there. And as the weeks were going by, I was not hearing back. And now I, I was getting anxious. So one night, Karen and I were talking about this in her dorm room. Her roommate, Margie, was sort of on the other side of the dorm room, not that big, doing something with her hair or something. And, and I was saying, you know, I feel like God's led, calling me, leading us, that I take this editorial position at David C. Cook. It just, it feels so right. I just think God's in it. But nothing is happening. And I feel really scared now. Uh, and, and so I think what I'm going to do is go apply at, at the Aldi Warehouse in Batavia driving a forklift, which if any of you know me, I would have quickly damaged the goods... <laughs> <laughs> and would have been the worst lift truck operator in the history, <laughs> okay? Um, but right then, Margie quietly just says, oh, so if God doesn't come through on his plan, you'll have your plan all lined up, and goes back to whatever she's doing. <laughs> and it was one of those moments, I'm like, oh man, Margie just read my mail. <laughs> and Isaiah reads Ahaz's mail, verse 13. Isn't it enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of God also? I offered you any sign. Also, all right, all right. The Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. So, virgin has son. That's, that's the sign. And we'll call him Emmanuel. Before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of those two kings you dread will be laid waste. Now let's unpack this. This prophetic sign, like so many in the Bible, is partly fulfilled in the near term and ultimately fulfilled in the long term. So as Christians, we know the ultimate fulfillment comes 735 years later when a virgin named Mary becomes pregnant by the power of God and brings forth a son, Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. So what did the sign mean, though, to Ahaz? 
being attacked by armies in 735. What, what does it mean? Well, probably this. It means something like Ahaz. Right now, right here in Judah, there's a young woman unmarried, which in that day meant virgin as well. And she's going to get married and have a baby boy. And by the time little Emmanuel's old enough to know right from wrong, these two armies that you're so afraid of are, will be gone. So now let's run the math. Let's give this young woman who's unmarried but about marriageable age uh, maybe a year to find Mr. Wright. And let's say then a year to have the baby, okay, nine months. And then what, what age is the toddler when they understand the word no? Two-ish? So let's say approximately four years. And sure enough, just as God has spoken, <laughs> All right, maybe it takes longer. <laughs> Before this happens, in only three years, those two kings are dead. So that's God's sign. Now, I wondered, if you're Ahaz, how helpful is that sign? He's thinking, okay, something's going to happen that I won't see for years into the future long after I have to decide whether I'm going to trust God or whether I'm going to go kowtow before the Assyrians and ask for their military intervention. So how does that sign help me? But now let's look at it from God's point of view. God's thinking, Ahaz, I was willing to give you any sign to bolster your confidence and to do what I'm asking you to do. And since you didn't want a sign that would confirm your faith, I'm going to give you a sign that will actually condemn or confirm your faithlessness because what's going to happen is when your enemies are gone in just a few years you're going to see this toddler and you're going to think i could have obeyed god i should have obeyed god but now here i am under the thumb of the assyrians verse 17 the lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since ephraim broke away from judah he will bring the king of Assyria. And sure enough, 13 years, Assyria attacks, deports God's people in nearby Israel. And basically what happens to Ahaz is he is consigned. God says, since you didn't want me and you didn't want to obey me, have it your way. You wanted the Assyrians, have the Assyrians. But oh, what a price to pay. According to scholar Alec Motyer, from the time of Ahaz, there never was again a house of David in the true sense, but only a line of puppet pretend kings under alien domination. Wow. Well, now, now it's your turn. Okay. So fast forward 735 years to the time when Isaiah's prophecy comes in its fullness. And an angel comes to a young unmarried woman and interrupts her life and says, just like basically starts with Ahaz, don't be afraid. Mary, you found favor with God. And the angel gives Mary her assignment. What's the assignment? Yeah, have a baby. You will conceive and give birth to a son. So here's your assignment. In, in Ahaz's case, it was the sign, but in Mary's case, it's the assignment. 
Virgin has son. Okay. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. You will name him Jesus. And Mary wonders, uh, but how does this work? (laughs) I am a virgin. And the angel explains the power of the most high will overshadow you. And then he gives Mary a sign. What was the sign? Uh, Close. Who said Elizabeth? Yeah, Sharon, thank you. So the sign is your old, old relative Elizabeth got pregnant. So if a woman post-menopause can get pregnant, you can too. God's word will never fail. So this is older Elizabeth is already pregnant. So that's, that's your sign. And what an amazing sign it is because as soon as the angel leaves, where does Mary go? She goes to see that sign and to have her strength confirmed through greeting Elizabeth and she doesn't even get through the doorway and has this amazing experience where the baby inside Elizabeth, the future John the Baptist, leaps for joy and Elizabeth prophesies and says, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come? What a strengthening sign for Mary as she's trying to take on this assignment that's going to flip her life upside down. God in his graciousness gives her this sign. But here's the thing. Unlike Ahaz, Mary's willing to obey. So God gives her a sign that will confirm her faith. Okay? Now, Mary wants to obey, and she does. So instead of being consigned to something that she wanted other than God, she enters God's design. Some of you are not appreciating the word sign showing up everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, All right, now, let's be clear about God's design. It's not a cakewalk. Mary will have a sword pierce her soul. But it is cosmically blessed. When the angel leaves, Mary sings a song. And she's like, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed that God remembered little old me. And from now on, every generation is going to consider me blessed. And she has this foresight, this insight that what God is doing is going to last for a long time. Just like the reason Jesus is born under a dominant enemy army is because of what happened here. Our decisions have this incredible tail on them. They last a long time. All right, here's the third person who is affected by this incredible sign of the virgin having a son, and that is Joseph. All right. So, uh, and this can be open book test because this is your gospel reading tonight. (laughs) All right. So, uh, when Mary comes home from visiting Elizabeth, Mary's faith is strengthened, and as soon as Joseph sees her, he's crushed. He's like, what happened? I thought you loved me. Um, And his dreams are shattered. And so anyway, in our gospel reading, it says in Matthew 1, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, and engagement at that time, as you know, was like equivalent to a marriage. I mean, a divorce at this time was shameful and horrendous. Um, He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decides he's going to break the engagement off quietly. And then God comes and gives Joseph an assignment. What's his assignment? 
Okay, yep. Don't be afraid and do what? Take Mary as your wife. So marry her anyway. Marry her anyway. Now, this is a big ask. This is humbling for Joseph. Uh, Nobody's going to think better of him for doing this. And uh, so the, uh, the Lord, in his mercy, knows this assignment is hard. So he gives Joseph a sign. What's the sign? All right, I'll give half a point for angel in a dream. But here's the thing. Ahaz had a proven prophet in Isaiah. Which is more convincing? I mean, a human with a track record of speaking the word of the Lord or an angel in a dream? I mean, Joseph could have gotten up the next morning and said, I had way too many olives, too much pita bread. I got to not eat so late. So, but it is confirming. I mean, it, it, it is affirming. What else is the sign? Anybody figure it out? His name, yes. Okay, I, for some reason, had never known this until this week. The name that the angel says to Joseph to call his son is the exact same name that an, the angel told Mary. So Joseph's like, holy cow. What are the odds that you have an angel, I have an angel, we both get the exact same name separately. So that is an amazing sign and gives Joseph some, some confidence, some confirming of his faith to go forward. All right. And just like the woman he's about to marry, he enters God's design. His life will also be harder. He'll be forced to escape in the middle of the night as a refugee to a foreign country. But What is God's design? Jesus grows up with the protection of a dad who's there in that middle of the night to take their family to Egypt and protect them. And I find it interesting that when Jesus tells his disciples, here's how you pray for the first person in history to tell people to call God in a personal sense, Father. He saw something in Joseph that said, that's a lot like God. Now, as I look at this chart, it tells me some things. The first thing is, when God gives us an assignment, the real issue is, are we going to obey? Do we have a disposition to obey? Do we have a desire to obey? Is that resident within us, or are we trying to find a way to wiggle out and quote scripture back at God to tell him no? Because we've already got a plan that's a better plan. Second thing I see, besides what matters most is will we obey, is signs do not necessarily create faith. We think they do. We think if I could just see a miracle, then I would really, really believe. My faith would be stronger than it is right now, and the next time I'm facing something hard, I I would love to have a sign. Well, here's what I think is a better way to think about it. 
The sign doesn't create faith. What it will do is, if you already have the faith equals willingness to obey, it confirms what's there. The sign amplifies whatever's inside your soul. So if your soul is, I'm already inclined to disobey, thank you very much, God, the sign will just reveal that. But if you have in your soul, God, may it be according to me, according to your will, then the sign will come and confirm your willingness to obey and give you strength. It's a beautiful thing. Well, I don't know what assignment God has given you or may be giving you. It's natural to feel some fear. He may give you a sign. He may not. But what I would say is this. The make or break question for every one of us is, will we obey? Because he didn't, there was a long trail of consequences, and because they did, you and I get to experience the mystery of God with us. How is it that you and I can know God intimately, have his presence inside us, know what it is to be forgiven, know what it is to have eternal life? All of that came because in the midst of their fear, when they got that assignment, he said, Yes. Lord, help us do the same. Amen.